Welcome to Let's Talk with Shea Marville. Shea is an internationally certified yoga and meditation teacher, a corporate wellness pioneer and founder of the Limitless School of Human Relations. Let's Talk is a podcast about better human relations, growth, connection and hope through conversations and compassion. Hey Shea, let's talk. Thank you, JC. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Let's Talk. On today's episode, I have a very exciting guest, a daredevil, a dynamo. She's been in over 200 films and TV shows. You often don't see her face. Her name is Angelica Lisk Hahn, and she is the first Black woman to be a stunt coordinator in Canada. Angelica, welcome to Let's Talk. Woohoo! <laughs> Excited to be in your pod. Oh my gosh, I am so. I, when, when I discovered that there was a pathway to connecting to you and having you on the show, I got goosebumps. And so I'm just so incredibly grateful that you are here and that you're open to sharing your experience as a stunt performer, as an actor, as a coordinator, and as a stunt woman, and the first of the first of many things. So let's just get into it. Okay, how are you doing, first of all, because of this wild pandemic that we're living through? Uh, I would say I am a few pounds heavier, <laughs> but I am happy. <laughs> you know, it's interesting uh, when all of this happened and in March and everything kind of shut down, we'd just come back from a beautiful vacation uh, away and, um, you know, I was getting ready to start another show. And then all of a sudden everything started shutting down and, you know, the world was trying to figure out what was happening. Um, And in that time, I I just recall, I worked so hard the year before. So I said, I'm just going to relax January, January, February, I'm going to take off and spend some time with my husband and just, you know, practice some self care and just kind of, and then all of a sudden it was like, no, 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 you're not going to work again. (laughs) You're actually not going to work again until, you know, we didn't know I I didn't work for months and months and months and months. And it, it was very unnerving Mm. as you know, we're all going through the same thing. I'm not an essential worker. So um, I didn't get back to work until September. And, uh, you know, I'm doing good now, because I really think I appreciate things so much more Mm -hmm. through this experience. I appreciate my husband probably a little bit more. Yes, yes. how much patience he has (laughs) (laughs) with me. I appreciate uh, I appreciate my work more being able to go there and, yes. and create and be creative. And, 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 you know, I appreciate my family more that I don't see other than on zoom because, you know, we don't want to get too close to our parents. Of course, of course. I'm going into work every day around a couple hundred people a day. So it's, it's, it's been a really eye opening experience. And I, I really think that uh, I've learned a lot. So I, I wouldn't say it was a completely bad thing. No, no it, it's transformational. Yeah. In, in every level. And some of that is good. And some of that is bad. And we're, I think we're like becoming new people, right? I, I will agree with that. Yeah. I, I'm curious about how your work has changed now that we are living through a pandemic. How do you coordinate and, you know, work with other, with actors and create the way you, you know, the way you need to for a movie, but in a pandemic? That is probably one of the best questions I've ever been asked. Um, it is 
<laughs> completely crazy. Um, so to start, because we would, you know, actors and stunt performers, uh, camera team, we're all in zone A. So zone A are the zones that, you know, the, the workers that are going to be around other people that have to take their mask off. Right. So, you know, we're tested three times a week, uh, which is fantastic. So we kind of have this little bubble, our pod. So yes. when our actors come to set, their masks come off. They actually have shields. Stunt performers are going to work with them. Their masks come off. So they're completely ex- exposed. We have double masks. I wear goggles or a shield as well. So as you can wow. imagine... Um, just communicating verbally over a walkie talkie is difficult because right. now you've got two layers in between. Yes. Um, we used to be able to look at each other and mouth the word, or you don't realize how much you use your, your mouth without speaking to, to communicate with people or your face. Of course. So there's a lot of times when things are happening and you're just, okay, we'll just wait till this shot's over and then I'll, we'll just have to talk it through. But um, with stunt rehearsing now, when we're rehearsing, the stunt performers have to keep their masks on. Mm. And I, I'm not going to get into if I believe it's bad for you to wear a mask and breathe heavy or not. I'm not a doctor. Right. I'm not a scientist. But yes. I will say that it's very difficult for them to perform at a level with wearing two masks. I'm sure. I'm so sure. There's lots of mask breaks. Yes. Lots of go outside, take off the mask, get fresh air, get water it takes a lot longer to shoot our previs. So when we want to shoot what the stunt scenes will look like and present to our director and our, our, our producers shooting that takes a lot longer because of all these little breaks. And then with the actors, I'm not really calling the actors in to come to these rehearsals Mm. because I don't really want them having their masks off. And we, we don't want to be the, you know, if there's a mistake made in in giving them COVID. So these actors have been great because the action that, you know, we're creating, I'll shoot the previews and show them. So they have yes. an idea of what they're doing, yes. but not until we're there on the day. And I'm like, okay, come on over here. We're going to do this. You're going to go here. This arm's going to go here. And they've been so good. And everyone's really stepped it up and they've kept up the show that I'm on right now. Uh, Clarice, um, mm. it, uh, you know, it's, it's set in the nineties. It's an FBI uh, show and it's a, uh, you know, a spinoff of uh you know, it, it, it takes place after Silence of the Lambs. Yes, yes. It's about their lead character. So the types of action and, and fights and things that we have, it's not something like a Titans or it's not something like a, you know, a, a big artsy, uh, big martial arts show. Right. So we're lucky in that way. So um, I would say, you know, it would be good to talk to people that like, there's a, a friend of mine, his name's Larnell Stravel, and he's the, um, he directs and he also is the stunt coordinator on something like Titans. Uh, you know, it would be good to talk to him to really get into how are you guys rehearsing all of these fights? Like it's just fights after fights after fights, 10, 12, 15 people at a time coming at each other. Wow. Uh, so I think we're all dealing with it in different ways. Yes. Um, but for what I'm doing right now, it's, it's worked pretty well. And, uh, you know, we're washing our hands, we're taking breaks and, um, we've been great. We haven't had any issues. So if there's a level of intensity, uh, that's different now because of the pandemic. Are you right in uh, at the beginning with the director, like walking through all of the, you know, all of the different scenes and on, and, and are you reading the script from beginning to end to you? Right. So, yes. So when we get each script, 
Um, there's a core group of us that receive it. It would be the department heads. Yes, so we yes. all get a copy of the script and then we'll have our first meeting. So we'll all get on a Zoom and the first AD will read through the entire script. And as he or she, because we have different uh, locks, we have um, a male uh, first AD and we have a female first AD. Yes. We'll read through the script and, uh, you know, if it, we will chime in different departments, you know, of, oh, we're going to have this person do this and then they're going to fall down this hill and the thing. And then, you know, the locations person might say, hey, we've got a great place we could shoot that. And then I would say, well, we're going to need a stunt double because our actor can't do that. So we'll all chime in our little bits. Sometimes um, in the script, when it comes to action, um, things that are on the page, and this not specifically for the show that I'm working on now, just it, it, the broad strokes of every show, when um, you, you see this action and it, and it sounds really super and great, then we go to walk it through or we'll go to workshop it and it, and it just doesn't work for whatever reason. Logistically, his arm couldn't go there because his foot's there or whatever. Sure, sure. So what we'll do is we'll shoot two versions. So we'll shoot the version of the way it's written. Um, and then we'll shoot a version where we maybe change it a bit to keep still serve the story. Uh, wow. um, but just to make it a little different. Or in those meetings, um, in the stunt meeting, I may suggest, you know, I say, may I suggest uh, perhaps this. I might work a little better or service a bit better. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, great. Just do that. You know, it depends the show. It depends the people. Sometimes like, no, 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 no. We'll just do it this way. So I'm there to support the story. Keep really my job is to keep everyone safe and to, you know, turn the words on the page into something good. But in there also is this kind of level of the creativity Right, right. The writers are writing a story coming from them. The directors interpreting those words, yes. you know, to, to convey to the actors who have their own way that they may interpret it. And sure. then, and then it says, and then there's, and then 20 people fight. <laughs> well, so then I, I have to interpret what that fight is. So, and you know, I have to say, I, you know, first of all, when you said the word Clarice, I got, I got like, little chills because I remember in the movie Silence of the Lambs how when scared was, you were what, what he would say her name Clarice oh god <laughs> but that's an yes. aside completely yeah. I was I I really had not thought about like the kinesthetic intelligence that you have to also be able to create in this intuitive way that is organic and natural and yet safe and 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 coordinated like I, that's it's really like art and science you so you're so eloquent that was exactly what you said is exactly what it is and just to add to that point you have to be able to let go of your ego mm. if they don't like your little fight for whatever the reason and they want to go in a completely different direction. And that's the, the hard part because inside you're like, what do you mean? You didn't like my fight. It took me a day, you know, yes, and you yes. have to go, oh, okay, well, what do you think? And then they'll tell you, sure. And then you'll make up that fight. And that fight might even be a better fight, but you right. have to let go of your ego and realize the show that you're on, you know, coming in as a stunt coordinator or a fight coordinator, mm. it's, it's their story you're helping them tell their story. It's not your story. <laughs> right, right. But you get so attached and, you know, I'm attached to my actors and my stunt people and 
I get attached to the story too. So you just really have to know when to pick your battles and really, I wouldn't even say push an idea that you have because you really feel it's perfect. Your vision may not be the same as your director or your producer or your writer. And you have to be okay with knowing when just to give it up, be like, okay, let's do it. And let it go and let, and, and And then yes. And be excited about the next thing. I think that's the hard part. It's the whole, the whole idea of your energy. So they didn't like that. Okay. That's fine. It's not a reflection on you as a person of who you are. Let it go. Let's try the next thing. The Mm. next thing may be great. You may not be in love with it, but if they love it, that's great. And you have to go, good. They love it. I'm so happy. You have to move on. You can't sit there for two weeks going, remember that fight they didn't like, you know, my feelings are still hurt. You can't, You, you just have to whoosh, let it go. Moving on, pushing forward. That's the, that's the, that's one of the lessons. And uh, in the beginning, I wasn't very good. No, <laughs> no, um, I'm, be- I'm a lot better now. You're, you're better now. But yes. how did you find yourself in this? Because you were, I read you were an Olympian or training to to training to, go to, the, be, yep. to go into the Olympics. Yeah. Which I I think when you're training to go into the Olympics, you're an Olympian. Like you're you're because that level. Uh, that you have to be able to perform at. Hey, and I miss you- that Olympic uh, style body right now. I'll tell you. <laughs> I know. Don't talk to me about that. I like, I mean, I literally, literally last week stopped having a desire for bread. Like it just, it suddenly has finally, it's taken teach, 12 teach months. Teach me how that works. And <laughs> if it works with baguettes as well. I have eaten bread every day of this pandemic. It's so not comforting. Been, it's, it's so comforting. But how did you how did you find yourself in this work? It's it's so um, unusual, and yet, how many things? When I think about how many things I watch, where a stunt human is necessary, it's everything. And it's crazy. Um, I think. So in the very beginning stages, when I was young, I, um, I became uh, really, really interested in sports right mm-hmm. away. Um, I think because I grew up in a really small town and I was the only person of color for hundreds of miles <laughs> that I needed to find something that would, Trent? you know, was it Trent? Trent in Ontario. Yes. Okay. I yeah. needed to find something that people would be, oh, cool. What does she do? That's kind of neat. Instead of like, what is this here? This tall, skinny thing with this big afro and full of pimples, of course, and, you know, just getting called all the names and having all the problems. I found that that skinny, long body with the afro and all the pimples was really, really good at sports. So um, it's almost like, you know, it's the it's the the reward. I do this. The reward is, oh, my God, that was great. And it's good attention. So I at a very young age, I I kind of realized that. I do this. I get the reward. I do this. And I'm, I, I'm doing the same thing now, really, aren't I? Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm performing this thing or get, uh, providing the service and, you know, getting the reward. Uh, <clears throat> it was just, you know, it was just sports, every sport for my school. I, I was on, I basically was the basketball team. I was the volleyball team. I was the track team, the gymnastics team. And uh, just through all those years of sport, mm-hmm. I think it just really set my body up to be, you know, at a certain level, I could do anything. I could, right. uh, it was just one of those types of things. So I and ended up moving. Fearless? Were you fearless yeah, as yeah. well? Jumping off the uh, bridge in Trenton into the water. We would take the motorcycles out and just drive it as fast as we could until we'd fall off, you know, just crazy, 
crazy shit that you couldn't do if you grew up in inner city Toronto. Sure, so I, sure. I can't, you know, I have my issues with some things that happened when I grew up and, you know, with people who weren't as forward thinking as people are now. Mm-hmm. But to be completely honest, I wouldn't give up that childhood for anything. You know, yeah. we were out every night. We were, you know, out on the streets there in a small town. You were safe. We were snowboarding. Yes. We were fishing. We were on the ice. We were skating. We were doing everything. And uh, not a lot of people get that opportunity, um, you know, so it was all good. Uh, I moved to uh, Oshawa first and then Toronto to train. Uh, for the Olympics and track. And I think I just saw a lot of people that looked like me now. There's a lot of people of color around because mm-hmm. a lot of the people that I was, was meeting when I was doing sports for my small town were people of color from other yes. towns because they were also excelling at sports. Yes. So yes. It was that connection to like, oh, there's somebody else that looks like me. And I'd go and talk to them. And it was always funny because they were always so cool. And yes. I was so square because I was from <laughs> the small town. And their music was cool and they were dressing cool. I, yes, was in the, yeah. I had my little brooch on and I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, it was such a square. And, um, you know, they, I made some friends and they kind of showed me the way. And yes. then the whole sports thing kind of fell apart. I started auditioning for commercials and, you know, doing things mm. like that. I was doing a bit of modeling when I was back in Trenton because my mom was a model and she had a modeling thing going there. So she kept pushing me into that. And I wasn't really keen on it. I wasn't really... It wasn't your thing. It was not my thing. So, but you had the height. You had the height height. and and the looks. I had the the height, and I was slim and lean, and yeah, I had that. Um, But then, yeah, coming coming to the big city, uh, I got an agent right away and just started booking commercials and just started. uh, You know, it was I wasn't a city girl. I was kind of Mm -hmm. from the country, so it was just a little different than the other girls that were auditioning, and I was doing pretty well and. And then I got a little part on um, Half Baked with Dave Chappelle. I played one of the henchwomen on that show. And that was the show that got me into stunts. The stunt coordinator, um, his name is Ronco Racky. And he said, uh, hey, I need one of you girls to come over here to grab Dave Chappelle. We're going to fall over into a mat. I was like, cool. I want to do this. Come on. Come on over here, sister. And I got in there and he was like, wow, you're, you're very um, agile. You're, you're agile in your awareness. Yes. And it was kind of funny. It wasn't an insult. He goes, you know, you're an okay actor. You're not that great, though. He goes, I think you'd be better doing stunts. You'd get more work. He goes, because you can double all the black actresses coming to town. And wow. at first, I was kind of offended. I was like, oh, that's not very nice. Yeah. But he, he's just telling, you know, he's telling it like it is. He's like, look, yes. though, you can double all these women with your athletics. Why do you want to be an actor? Wow, easy to do that. This is hard. Like he, he, he kind of opened my mind to just a different kind of path. And I went, well, I guess I can do. He goes, can you do this? Can you do this? So he started sending my name around to all the stunt coordinators. So one by one, they'd try me, try me out. My problem in the beginning was I didn't really know about, you know, I was modeling a bit, did some acting and, yes, you know, it was always the kind of star of the sports. So right. I, I don't think I realized that the world didn't really revolve around me <laughs> until I started doing stunts. And, uh, you know, some of the stunt coordinators were like, hey, just sit over there and we'll, we'll come get you when we need you. And I'm like, oh, and I'm trying to, you know talking to the director and I'm seeing what they're shooting They're No, 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 go back there. And I was just, you know, this free spirit that wanted to see what was going on. Curious. Never forget this, this one stunt coordinator, I just had to run and jump over a puddle or I don't know, jump over something. And she said, uh, just run and jump over the thing. And I was like, Oh, well, I could jump way further than that. Did you know that I used to train for the Olympics and track and field? And I was like an amazing long jumper. 
And she kind of looked at me like, what is this girl talking about? So I kept asking her if I could jump further. So she said, come here. She literally grabbed me by my scruff of my jacket and pulled me over. And she showed me the, through the, through the lens of the camera, the monitor, what the shot was. She said, if you jump past it, we're not going to see you. We just need to see you jump here. So I was like, oh, okay. And then she kind of gave me a tutorial that was like, just keep your mouth shut, do what we're telling you to do and everything will be fine. Um, And I slowly started to, to, to realize and understand. So once I got it and and it clicked, um, then I was able to excel and I, you know, could focus on the work and I understood what was required and then everything got really, really great. Did, but did it you, took a minute there at the beginning. Did, did you ever want to do anything else? Like, so once you started to move more into stunts, did you think, oh, I still want to act? Yes. Or I want to go further? Oh, you did? Yes. Okay. For me, the stunts w- was fun because it was easy. I didn't really train that much. I didn't really, you know, there was some fight things. I'm like, I know how to fight. I can throw some punches here and there, but I never really you know, I didn't go to the martial arts studio four days a week to train. I didn't, I didn't do that. It just seemed to come so naturally to me, all these Mm. things that I could do. So it was just in the beginning was kind of like, you know, I enjoyed it because it was fun. I was, Mm. I was doing my public school and high school athletics, but now I was making a living doing it. But every Mm. time I was on set, I would always be staring at the lead actor being like, I can do that. I want to do that. And it took probably about 10 years for me to realize that. So the, what you want out of the industry isn't necessarily what the industry wants out of you. Hmm. So if you can try to just go with where it's kind of pushing you, it's probably pushing you into the right place. So I just let it go and I just went with it. That's and, interesting. Uh, you know, now I'm a stunt coordinator, another job that I was not even, I didn't, I wasn't interested. It wasn't one day, like I'm going to be the best stunt coordinator ever. It, it wasn't something that I was even, I didn't even think I could do that. I didn't, I wasn't interested. Well, and you're you know? one of the few uh, women of color and, and I, and one of the, like the first woman of color of, of black descent, who is like a lead stunt coordinator in Canada. Yeah. Huge. And I can't wait until that thing goes away for all of us. The first, yes. the first, the first, the first. Yes. I just want to be, I want to know about another one and another one and another one. And another yes. One, right. So it, it's, it's just very through all of this though, too, you know, we always talk about the work, mm. but I, I, you know, more, more lately, the last few years, I've really been focusing on just myself, like my mm. own, self growth as a human being coming through this work interesting whenever you know i speak to someone or we we do an interview or do something to talk about the work i'm proud of it like a lot of things that i've accomplished and things that i've done Mm -hmm. but i'm i think i'm prouder of the person that i'm becoming Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. the work Mm -hmm. realizing even more now you know, from the beginning when I started saying, you know, oh, it's not all about me. Okay. And making that change. And then when it was really, it kind of had to be made aware to me when it happened years ago, like, oh, you're the first black female stunt coordinator in Canada. Like that's a huge deal. And then I remember that year, just all these things started coming at me and people saying things and and something inside me kind of changed. And it was not now just about me, but I felt that weight, but it wasn't a bad thing. Yes, yes, yes. I just yes. had to 
just take a breath and go, okay, how can I use my platform to help other people in whatever way? Because it's, okay, I'm here now. Let me pull you up. See if I can pull you up. How can I pull you up? Still focusing on my work and still going, but how can I now do more for my people? And it's interesting because I always feel like my, when I say my people, that there's, that's so many different people. It's not just one group, right? It's, yes. Yes. And, and Cause you're like United Nations in I'm, terms I'm of your like, background, right? I yeah. am so mixed. Yes. <laughs> so it's interesting. You know, I am mentoring um, a white male as a stunt yes. coordinator. I'm mentoring a um, Latina female. I am mentoring yes. a French Canadian female. I am, and I could go on. I think we always too have to be very careful when we are talking about race and especially through work. I don't want to separate us. I want us all to be together. And I think we can all have a career and have a piece of this amazing industry, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think it should be for one group of people. I think it should be for all groups of people. And I feel like we're coming into a balance Yes. A lot of people have their different opinions of what they feel this industry should look like. Yes. But really, if I just look outside, it's what it should look like. No, yes. Yes. It's, it's really not that hard to right. me. I think it's pretty simple. What I see outside should be what we see on our screen. So, yes. You know, I, I've said this on quite a few interviews when, you know, if I'm asked to provide 10 police officers for a scene, guess what they're going to look like? They're going to look like all different shapes and sizes and colors of people because that's what the police yes. look like outside. Yes. Um, it's not going to be 10 guys that are the same height, same weight, and same skin color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. N- not for any other reason that that's not what it looks like. Well, and that's not what we you know are. What I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. not what we are. Don't you think also the this uh, idea of diversity is also about creating more inclusive uh, education and experience. Like I read that, I don't know if this is true, maybe you can, you know, you could verify that um, for, there aren't a lot of stunt uh, humans who are people of color. So sometimes if you have a person of color, you will have a stunt uh, person who is their, their double, who is white and their skin will be painted or made darker or something like I is that something that's true or it, has it, it is and it, it it's happened for since there was film and television back in the day before yes. you and I were around and yes. uh, you know films first started out um you know there were men being stunt doubles for women that was the yes. kind of thing you know, because back then, you know, women weren't driving cars and sliding them all over the place. So sure. they'd throw a wig on a man because there was no one. So he would get that work done. Um, it's, it's, it, it's a really super tricky topic. Yes. And whenever it has to be talked about, I feel sometimes I, I get not, not misquoted, but it, it's hard to like, I'm not here to make everybody happy. I'm just here to kind of tell it like it is. Yes, yes, yes. Basically, how it is now, we have enough people of color to facilitate and to perform um, the work that 
you know, is they're looking, they're looking to, to, to do, you know, maybe years ago, I, I just, you know, I'll not even example, you know, make up a story. So let's say there's a, there's a, there's a gag and there's a car that needs to blow up, go off a cliff and whatever, whatever yes. it would be. And, and the person that's driving it is a tiny Asian woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a tiny Asian woman that can do that with a car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what do we do? Or whoever right. show it is, what do they do? Do they take away this action character. for this character to right. have and change it to something else? Do we search high and low to find this woman that can drive? And even if we, they, whoever may find this woman, will she be available? Can we get mm-hmm. her here? Can we whatever? So there's a lot of different things that happen where a producer, director, stunt coordinator, whatever the case may be, you know, it's not like it's a lie. It's like, there is nobody that can do this. We're going to have to put a guy in the car. Sure, sure. Then we say, so should it be an Asian man mm. instead of it being, you know, or, or maybe, or should it be a white woman? Yes, yes, yes. Shall we keep the gender and change the race? Yes, or yes. Shall we? So it, it's not a... The, this whole thing is not it's not cut and dry it's not cut and dry and it's not a one it's not a, a few paragraphs of an answer of how to fix it yes but it, it's just every every instance of something like this just for it to be talked out there are stunt coordinators that will go through hell to find this woman yes yes there are stunt coordinators that you know will go right away nope there's no one I'm just going to let my whoever yeah. do it. This person yes. will do it. Yes. Like, okay, cool. No problem. So in terms of color, uh, people of color, um, a colleague of mine, her name is Juwandis Candice, and she mm. is fierce. And she's in Atlanta. She's a stunt woman. She's an actress. She is a just one of the best drivers ever. And she's just a wonderful person. She started a website called Stunt POC. And you can go to Stunt POC and guess what you can find? All of those people that you said didn't exist. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. So, you know, in the beginning, uh, she had a yes. few people that were upset with her that, that she did that and she lost yes. work over it. Sure, sure. But the majority of stunt coordinators of every race and color patted her on the back and said, thank you so much for doing this so we know where to go find people. See, okay, but you see, this is such, that is such a brilliant example of oh, I see there's a problem here. I see it because of my experience, right? Mm -hmm. And because of my experience, because I see a problem, guess what? I also have a potential solution. And it's- You are so bang on everything you've been saying today. Like- This is beautiful. I love this example. It's perfect because it's not about exclusion. It's not about, you know, tat for for tat. It's just about, I see something that you haven't noticed because your experience doesn't allow you to notice this. Yes. Okay. So now I'm going to show you, this is a way to do it. And and this is what we need. Thousand percent. Thank you for saying that. I can get a hundred of my stunt friends from town. We can paint our faces black and walk up and down the street saying no paint downs (laughs) or no. Like, I mean, there are different things you can do to raise awareness or she can do that and be like, Hey, just look here. 
Yes. yes. I just bought, I just bought a slide car. The reason I bought my slide car is I'm going to set up sessions for the girls and people of color to mm-hmm. learn basic things, just, you know, just to get a feel of the car, just to, to understand what it is um, to, to go to a driving course. Yes. It are, it's thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can get that kind of money to go do these things. So sure. I said to myself, okay, so if a stunt coordinator wants to paint somebody black to flip that car, there's really nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to, if it's next year, two years, three years, five years, or 10 years from now, mm-hmm. what can I do to try to start some initiatives or start something to train up people now so they'll be ready in one yes. year or two years or three years or 10 years? So I, I can't lose sleep every night. I can't be pissed off every time <laughs> I see something. I take a breath. I'm like, okay, well, moving on. If the gag went you know, over and hit, uh, nobody got hurt. Yes. It's a shame they couldn't find someone of color, but what can I really do about it? That's mm-hmm. going to change it. I don't think it can, mm. but what I can do is make sure moving forward, we'll have more people that we can put into those spots. And I totally. think that, you know, there, there, there are a lot of different ways to get things done. Yes. Yes. And I feel just for me personally, yelling and screaming and demanding, mm-hmm. I, it just doesn't work for me. Right. I want to approach things in a different way. And, yes. um, you know, I, I just think that there's just so many different ways to get stuff done. Well, so- this, this is the truth of diversity though, right? The diversity, like cognitive diversity, the idea that hey, there's another way into this. There's another way in. There's, there's another always way. another way. There's yeah. always, and you know what? This is what's so interesting about this pandemic, right? Like how many things were we told up to 2019, you cannot do. I don't even know what's real, what's not. I wear my mask, I wash my hands and I hope it'll all go away. (laughs) I I don't even, I don't argue on Facebook with people that believe it, that don't believe it. Because there's Neither no do point, I. Because I don't even I know do. what's going on. So no, no, yeah. no. I'm I'm totally using this experience um, as a growth period, yes. and 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 simply that means like growth, you know, mentally, emotionally, like looking at things, listening. My daughter, who's 16, she said to me the other day, she she was talking to me about her experience of being in the lockdown. And she was, we live in the same house. We are locked down together. But her point of view as a 16 year old is profoundly different from mine. And I have to say, I was like listening to her and it was like, I was drinking water. Like I was in the desert because it was so fascinating what she was sharing about her observations, even though we live in the same house. Wow. So I just think, you know, we have to be interested and okay to go in from different ways. Yeah. Do you ever stunt for men? Oh, I did once. Yes. <laughs> I won't, I won't say the show just because it's, it was interesting because I think the actor actually felt a bit emasculated by <laughs> it. And we had a good conversation though. And he understood what was happening. It was just, it was, it wasn't even really a stunt. Um, There was a car that had to pull up really fast and just stop. And there was a camera right here. Yes. And uh, it was a, 
you know, a, a period car. So it was a, you know, a nineties, 1990s real sporty thing. And um, it was a, it was a standard, mm. um, oh. but it was a very strange standard. Like just the way the first, second, third was reverse was close to, it was just very complicated. Yes. So the gentleman got in the car and it just kept burping and he just couldn't <laughs> do it. And then uh, the director just goes, where's Angelica. And I was in the corner because we're doing a stunt thing next with the car. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I knew what he was going to say. And I'm like, Oh, I just feel so bad for this actor. And I'm like, I'm right here. He goes, get in the car. I was like, ah, so at least it was a black gentleman. Yes. And uh, he had, uh, he had a toque or something on. So they give, give her the hat, get in there. So I got in and I just, a couple takes, we did it and opened the door and he just looked at me and he's like, he pouted. I'm like, I'm, Hey man, don't worry about it. We just had to get it done. He's like, I what? can't drive. I can't drive standard. <laughs> It's not the end of the world. So I'll say that's really the only time I doubled a guy. And it, it, you know, it wasn't a plan. It just happened, whatever. But uh, yeah. Did, did you ever, I mean, as you got deeper into this work, did you ever start thinking, okay, I don't know if I can always do this. Like, did you question your longevity? Did you think you would be doing this work now? Uh, it's interesting. I, I still perform. Yes. But now I, I luckily have the luxury to pick and choose what I, I'd like to do. Nice. The caveat to that, though, is we only have a small group of Black females mm-hmm. in Canada to pull from for specific types of work. So from time to time, I'll be called to ask to do something that maybe is just very in my wheelhouse to do. Mm-hmm. So I will feel like if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. That happens every once in a while. So I just really try to be available for, um, you know, any of my coordinator friends that need me to do something specific. Uh, But yeah, I mean, again, and that's to safeguard that if there's not another girl that's available to do this work. Yes. Who's going to end up doing it? Yes. Yes. Is it going to be someone who, and and there's all different levels of stunt coordinators, obviously in our group, Um, you know, Will it be a man? Will it be a woman? Will it be someone of the same race? Mm-hmm. Can we get someone from America to come here? Can we get someone from the UK? Like, can we get someone? Can we just try to stick to the race? Yes. The race thing is so important. And safety is also very important. And I could sit yes. there and say safety is more important. And then, you know, I, I sometimes that's a frowned upon thing. I got from you. certain groups of people to say, right. well, you know, she's not really standing for blacks. And I'm like, yes. well, hold on a second. And without getting into it too deeply, if you don't have the right person in the car, on the motorcycle, hanging off of something, if you're putting mm-hmm. somebody in that position just because of their color and they get hurt or yeah. they get killed or they kill yes. someone else. Yes. My job yes. first as a stunt coordinator is to make sure everybody goes home in one piece. So that's why for me and likely the majority of my other brothers and sisters who are black, mm-hmm. who are stunt mm-hmm. coordinators, it's a conundrum every right. time. So we fight as hard as we can to get the right person into that spot. The, the, the interesting thing now, there are so many more opportunities for people of color that are first, second, third on the call sheet. We've got now all these shows with these leads who are black. 
Yes. We need more black stunt performers to be able to service all of these shows. So, you know, I always just try to talk about when I meet people, what do you do? This girl's a gymnast. This girl's that. Hey, hey, go train here. Hey, call this guy. Go there and see. Because sometimes you might you might want to be a stunt person and then you'll go train with the stunt people for a few days and go, yep, nope, this isn't for me. Yes, yes. Sometimes we may see someone that we may think will be great and they're like, oh, I never thought of doing stunts. And they go and, oh my God, they're just perfect. Mm. So then it's just doing to them what had to be done to me. No, 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 just stay here. Don't go over there. Don't jump too far. Just jump this far. <laughs> so then you have to give them that little speech and that talk. But, you know, it's a community. We all have to help each other out. You know, this is a huge yes. multi-billion dollar industry. And uh, if we can all work together, we can all work for a very long time, keep everybody safe and make it happen. Um, and I find really our community, um, you know, our, our, our big Canadian national stunt kind of group. Yes. Everybody talks to each other. Everybody knows what everybody's up to. We check in. Interesting. Um, it, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty great. So tell me this. What's the most dangerous stunt you've ever performed? Uh, I'm not really sure. I, I mean, dangerous. So sometimes it's dangerous for someone else. Sometimes it's dangerous for like, I mean, I had to hit someone with a car. I had to do a car hit and hit somebody else. So for me, it was dangerous for them. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I hope, you know. But we, didn't you we, have to run under a helicopter at one point? Oh my God. Yeah. That was kind of interesting yeah a group of us had to run under these helicopters and it was uh the helicopters were a period as well so yes. we don't like period cars we don't like period <laughs> helicopters we want we want new shit to, to be involved with yeah the helicopters kept they weren't breaking down they were just sputtering and doing odd things and we had to uh the the first take we were told where to run where the helicopter was going yeah so i think me and my uh, it was with another one of my really good friends uh who uh is also a stunt performer. We're in the same group. So I looked at her, I go, did he mean to run under it? Like right when it was like, right where she goes, I think so. I'm like, mm, I don't think that's what he meant. We'll just hold back a bit. Cause you know, the thing it's coming. So we go and run over and then the, the AD goes, no, no, no. You guys have to be right underneath the helicopter. She goes, Oh shit. I'm like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> you know, you got to commit. So what are you going to do? If I'm going to sit there worrying about if the helicopter is going to make it or not, yes. I might as well go home. Sure. Is that, is that, is that adrenaline? Is it, is it adrenaline that allows you to do it? And then like, it's it's just something in you that, you know, this is your job. You're a stunt performer. He says, run under the helicopter. You run under the helicopter. Um, I mean, you know, the helicopter smoking and it's falling apart, you know, of course not doing it. Yes. Yes. But you're also taking into consideration who you're working for, who's setting up this gay. Yes. The people, the, the, the gentleman, um, Uh, flying these helicopters were the best of the best and there was we knew there was no way that they would be putting us in any harm's way if the helicopters were you know getting that bad they would be like yeah no we're done for the day so we said hey I looked at her I go well we wanted to do stunts so we're doing it let's go and I did tell her though because I I brought her onto the show with me I said if you're uncomfortable and you don't want to do this if you want to hit the hay I won't be mad at you she's like no we're here we're doing it let's do this and uh, we did it and we did it over and over and over. And every time we're like, oh, yes, God, okay, okay, helicopter's still there. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, but, you know, you have to take uh, into consideration the other group of our brothers were up in the helicopter hanging yes. out of it while it was doing this. Right. So, yes, you, you yes, just, you you commit 
if this is your job, you commit yeah. to the job and you, you just do it. So, so would you say there's more work now than ever? Yes. And it's, it's a, it's a twofold type of thing. Number one, um, everyone's watched everything. There's nothing left to watch. Mm. Um, people are sitting at home. They've watched, they did the Seinfeld. <laughs> they did the friends. They did the like, you know, fresh prints. They, they went yes. through everything. They've watched everything on Netflix. There's all these new, there's so much online um, and there's so much VOD now. It's yes. like um, you don't need to have cable anymore. No. People are just on the laptop, you know, tethering to their TV and that's it. So because there's this huge platform now, anybody can make a show. Anybody mm. can make a web series. Anyone can make a, you know, with the cameras that they have now. Yes. Everything, like everyone's just making content and, and people are craving content. Mm. Uh, I, I've never been so busy and, you know, my colleagues as well. It's, it's so hard to staff your show. Wow. You know, you, you, there's certain people that you really want because they're just so good. But yes, they're yes. so good. They're already on another show on a weekly contract. So you can't sure. have them. So right. the hardest part of my job right now is hustling to get the right people. Cause now they have mm -hmm. to do the COVID test. They have to do the training. They have to do, there's a lot of things they have to do before they can even go to wardrobe or see hair and makeup or go to a rehearsal. You know, if something happened the night before a rehearsal and one of my stunt performers was like, I can't make it tomorrow. Something happened. I can't replace them. No. They need to have two COVID tests before they of start course. They the system. They need to. So now we've got all of these parameters. We have to work all of the stuff inside of. Yes. So you really have to be. Everyone always says it's so exciting. Oh, you're a stunt corner. I must be so exciting to be on set all the time and do all these things. And I'm like, I do this most yes. of my job. I'm typing up things. 30% yeah. of my time. 25% of my time, really, I'm on set having the time of my life. Mm -hmm. um, the rest of it, I'm in meetings, on a survey, trying to push my idea of my fight on someone, <laughs> right? And getting let down and just doing the other fight or whatever the case may be. Um, it's, it's a job. It's, yes. it's, almost, it's almost, and working for MGM, which is awesome, it's, it's like a corporate job. Yes. It, yes. You know, Interesting. It, it's, it's turned into, you know, the stunt coordinating thing back in the day was, you know, it was cowboys who right. would come out to the shows and they had their horses and they'd show people how to fall off. And then there was, you know, it, 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 it evolved through the years. Yes. Now, yes. A, what a stunt coordinator is, is a completely different animal. And that's why I think it's so great that more women are getting involved. There's more like, it's just, you know, I say this all the time, but creativity flows through a man or a woman. Yes. It, it, there's no gender that has a more creative. It's, it's how you were brought up. It's what yes. you've seen. It's what you've experienced. That's right. And that's, that's your right. art that you're bringing to this table. So, you know, sometimes when I, I go to a meeting or I meet the group for the first time, and it's happened a few times, looking around at uh, where we're going to shoot things. And then I look up and I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if the riggers can hang anything off of this I-beam. I'll have to have the engineer come to look. And then, you know, five people turn around, they look at me and I'm like, I wave. Are you guys all right? They're like, uh, I'm like, I'm the stunt coordinator. They're like, oh God. And then one gentleman was like, oh, geez, I thought you were like wardrobe or hair or makeup or something. And, I, and then everyone's like, oh no. And, I, and I, I'll always... Cause I always feel bad. 
Yes, it is. They are prejudging who they think you are. Sure. At the same time, they're going to be your group, your team, your family on the show. So I always just make a joke and say, is it because I look so young that you wouldn't (laughs) think I was a stunt creator? And then everybody will have a giggle and they'll go, yeah, that's why, you know, you're so young looking or whatever. I figured you were, you know, in, in a different department. And then, um, you know, three minutes later, that same person will be like, hey, Angelica, so do you think this is safe? What do you think about this? So right away it changes and now, okay, this is what her role is. And then the respect of that role comes with the rest of the survey. So it's interesting, but just like I said earlier about the ego. Yes. I can't snap at every single person that might not guess I'm a stunt coordinator because guess what? I don't look like what they're accustomed to stunt coordinators looking like. Um, so I have to give them that and then yeah. we move on. And if everything's cool, it's, it's, it's a non-issue. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We, I think we have to just keep, you know, like you said earlier, you know, like your, your life is like your art, your, your, and you're emerging, you're growing. And I think we have to give other people space to grow too. Yes. And, and, and be authentic in who we are. I, I am, I am grateful that you are brave and courageous and authentic in what you do and strong. And I'm grateful that you're here. Um, I'd love to have you back on the show. I just want to thank you for being here and wish you continued success and continued wellness. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. And honestly, you asked the best questions. How did I get so lucky? It was actually fun for me too. <laughs> oh, good, good, thank good. Thank you well, so much. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you, my friend. I'm so grateful. Thank you for joining the conversation. To learn more about Limitless and she and her corporate training, life coaching, keynote engagements, and her most recent podcasts, go to www.coachshamarville.com.